Welcome to the Food Issues Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Revelant, and I'm a journalist, healthcare copywriter, and a mom of two. In every episode, we talk about the challenges around feeding kids and give you practical and realistic solutions that will inspire and empower you to raise healthy eaters. Hey, friends. Welcome back. Last week, I had the privilege of chatting with Shabani Belugia, founder and CEO of Lil Gourmets, a fresh, organic, veggie-first baby food company. She talked about how Lil Gourmets came to be and how we can foster a love of real food, global flavors, and curiosity in our babies and big kids. If you missed it, definitely go back and listen because Shabani has a really unique perspective about feeding kids that I know you'll love. So you know the old adage, the days are long, but the years are short? Yeah, when my kids were babies, I couldn't really understand that. Between feeding them, changing their diapers, and navigating life as a new mom, the days were definitely long. But now that they're in elementary and middle school, it feels like the years are flying by. And as our kids get older, feeding them changes a lot. They have very clear food preferences and strong opinions about food. They often want what other kids are eating and may even be embarrassed by what you're packing them. There's also a lot more going on like food marketing and social media, and they're also going to more places without you, and you realize you have a lot less control over what they eat, which is why striking a balance is the way to go. So try to establish some firm boundaries, but just as importantly, don't lose sight of food overall. It shouldn't be food, should not be stressful. That's Kieran Dodeja Smith, a certified integrative health coach, marketing expert, and founder of Easy Real Food. Kieran also spent more than eight years working with the popular brand 100 Days of Real Food and is a mom of four. Kieran and I talk about feeding our teens, TikTok, and body image. We explore easy, no stress ways to encourage our kids to eat healthy and how to let go of some of our expectations. Kieran also shares a personal story about her daughter's difficult diagnosis and what she learned from the experience. This episode is packed with a ton of practical insight from a mom who gets it. And I know you're going to love this interview with Kieran Dodeja Smith. Well, Kieran, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Julie, thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to talk to you. I know we've kind of been in this online world, connected in this online world for for probably a few years now, and it's so great to have you here and actually talk to you. So let's talk about your story. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you again for having me. I know it's really nice to connect with you um, after all these years. Um, So my story actually begins... Um, when I was a teen, uh, which is funny enough. So my mom went back to work. She was a stay at home mom initially, and she went back to work when I was 11, which impacted our family and, uh, in different ways. Uh, one of them being that we didn't have a lot of dinners, you know, she'd always cooked a lot of home cooked meals. And then all of a sudden it was just a big change for us. So I saw this as an opportunity. Um, I guess I was always somewhat entrepreneurial. So I, you know, pitched this idea, Hey, what if I cook dinner for everybody? Um, and it'll be three dollars a night, and so my parents loved it. Um, now, of course, I was in this like early stage of the learning curve of actually cooking, so the meals were were interesting. But you know, <laughs> I started following recipes and um, and really kind of finding my way in the kitchen then, and that progressed. Um, I ended up going to a a you know a smaller cooking school in Cleveland when I was like seventeen, somewhere in there. But from there, you know, it's really been just like 
a passion of mine. I've been very interested in it. And, you know, over the years, my definition of, of healthy has really changed. Um, what really changed for me, and, and I think this is how you and I connected, was when I was working with 100 Days of Real Food. And it just gave me a new perspective on, again, that term healthy. And it was realistic and something that, that was easier to follow for me. Um, so that's really when everything sort of changed. You know, fast forward and uh, I ended up writing four ebooks, actually five, um, but four that were on lunches specifically for kids. Um, I think we'll probably end up talking about that. And uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of how I began. And how did you become a certified integrative health coach? So based on those ebooks, actually, I didn't have any formal training. And it wasn't that I felt like it was necessary, but I just wanted to try to, you know, up the credibility. Uh, I had co-branded them with Lisa. So I, I felt like I had the 100 days backing, but at least like for myself, I felt like I just wanted a little more knowledge and credibility. And turns out I really loved the program. And fast forward to now, and I'm actually, I've been health coaching for three years and I love it. So that's awesome. And you also have kind of a difficult journey with health as well, right? Yeah, I do. And some of this was a little trial and error. You know, I actually ended up just trying gluten-free on a whim. Um, my goodness, it must have been 10 years ago. I just thought, you know, I'm just going to try this. This is before it turned it into more of that fad that it was for a little while. And I ended up just feeling better. But, you know, I've, I've had a, a an interesting array of some different health issues over the years. So eating obviously impacts it. And so I've been able to personally understand just the power of food and how it can be so beneficial or detrimental on the other end. So when you became a mom, I know that, you know, you and I share this passion for raising kids who are healthy eaters. We lay the foundation now so that later on they make healthy choices and hopefully, you know, become healthy eaters and we can make a dent in, in chronic disease in America. But would you say that that passion started when you became a mom? You know, yes and no. So, I mean, I guess the passion really started when I was younger, but it didn't really turn to a extremely positive way until I did start working with 100 Days of Real Food. And I guess for those who are not familiar with it, the ideas behind it are really just kind of eat what your grandmother made, right? So just eat real food and, you know, no restrictions. So I guess my gluten-free, dairy-free doesn't necessarily fall into that, but it was really just you know, minimal ingredients, foods that are real and not getting all the process, cutting out of the processed, all the refined, uh, you know, all those types of things. Um, and so my kids were like eight, six, four and one at that point. So it wasn't necessarily like I thought I was feeding them, quote unquote, healthfully, you know, prior to it's just my definition of it really changed in that regard. And so, you know, everyone knows we should be feeding our kids healthy, but I think what often gets lost in the conversation is the why. And we, we talk a lot about childhood obesity, but it goes way beyond that. And so why would you say that it's really important to, to do our best to lay the foundation now? You know, being that my kids are a little bit older right now, I think it's a little easier if it starts early um, from behavior to brain development and just overall development. It's beneficial, you know, for children to be eating well um, their taste buds are forming and really exposing them to a lot of foods. And I feel like that late lends itself well to your their later years. Um, that being said, you know, like I mentioned, I had an eight and six year old. And so, you know, they just kind of went along with the program. They went along with the changes. And so, you know, like you, I've 
you probably hear this also, a lot of times people will say, oh, I wish I would have started early and, you know, kind of alluding to the fact that maybe it's too late. And I, I don't think it's too late. Like if you haven't started, I think it's still possible to get them onto a a good track and really start laying that foundation regardless of their age. But I do think it's a little bit easier if you start earlier. Yeah. And so we talked about, you know, kind of the infancy and toddlerhood years. And so around that time, kind of what's happening with our kids in, in terms of why maybe they're they're a little bit more accepting of of everything, really? You know, I feel like at that age, they're really are just sponges. You know, they're they're very observant. Um, they're really taking in everything that we're doing. And at that point, we dictate so much of what they do, right? You know, not only what they eat, but what's available, what we're putting in front of them, what marketing they're seeing in so many different ways. And then, you know, as they start to get older, they're observing more. And so it that starts to change a little bit. But when they're younger, we have such an impact on them. I remember my dad used to say like, you're their world, right? Until the age of like 11 or 12 is kind of what he told me. I don't know <laughs> if I'm 100% on board with that. I'm trying to hold on and, and say, maybe I can stay in that position a little bit longer, but losing a little faith. But um, <laughs> but yeah, they they really just pay so much attention and and they want to like, they want to do what we're doing, right? And so I do think leading by example is, is a hundred percent, in my opinion, the best thing that we can do. I remember when my kids were little, it was just so cool to, to feed them just different types of foods. I remember my kids were toddlers eating sardines and it was like no big deal. Yeah. And then everything kind of changed. Right. (laughs) And so now that they're, you know, I have one in middle school, a lot has changed and even in elementary school with the younger one. And so what happens as kids kind of get older, what, what happens when they enter elementary school, but especially around that middle school, high school years? Yeah. Um, that's a big question. Um, I want to share a story because before I really, this, I'm trying to remember the timing, but I believe it was before I started working with hundred days of real food. I had a magazine, um, for about eight years and I had this interest in doing an article on, on kids and what they're eating at lunch. And so I went and I observed both a public and a private school to kind of see. And one of the, one of the things that I noted was first of all, the lack of fruits and vegetables. The only thing I saw was carrots and apples. Um, aside from, you know, the private school, I will say had a fantastic salad bar. Nobody was getting it, but they did have that available. Um, and I noted that there was a big correlation. I had noticed a lot of like Pringles and, you know, not to call out specific foods, but, um, food dyes and different things. And the teacher had commented, you know, I said, Oh my goodness, there's, there's nothing real in here at all. And she said, no. And you know, it, it, it was attributing to behavioral problems. Um, So I sort of sidetracked just a little bit. I did want to share that just a little bit. But as they get into middle school and high school, which is what you asked, you know, these days, and I had to, I had to deal with it. I have to deal with it a lot more than I did with my eldest, but just with the different food marketing that pops up everywhere with whether it's TikTok or, you know, I mean, kids are still watching. They're probably watching more TV. They're seeing things with their friends are eating. And so now they've got friends that are making comments on things. They're seeing what their friends are eating. They're seeing all these different trends that people are putting out there on social media. And so it helps them to form an opinion, which is great, but it's also really difficult to parent. So, you know, middle school is where I feel like that really changed. And then 
you know, goes on into high school as well. So now, you know, as a parent, we're up against a lot of misinformation and a lot of, a lot of, you know, them having some opinion and wanting to try out different things. So I am not on TikTok, but talk to me about kind of what that life is like with with a kid who is on TikTok. What are some of the things that you're seeing? You know, I will say there are some some positives. Um, I don't know if you had seen it, and I'm personally not on it. The only reason I'm on, I have an account just so that I can see what my kids are up to, but I'm not personally there. But, um, you know, there was like some tomato and about a something or other trend, uh, you know, those types of things. And And I do think if it sparks interest in cooking or trying a recipe or something like that, I think that's positive. Um, but unfortunately, there's so many different processed foods that are being shown. I mean, I can't tell you how many different, whether it's food related or not, um, types of products that my girls have come to me that have like, oh, this is cool. I want to try this out because they're seeing it there. Around middle school, high school, kids are also kind of focused more on food for other reasons like their appearance and their athletic performance. Yes, yes, for sure. So, and and I do think there, again, I'll start with a the positive. There can be some positives there in terms of, you know, wanting to eat well or, or recognize a connection with your skin or your athletic performance and nutrition and really like going back to how it fuels you. Um, in, our, in our case, you know, we have had a little bit of a difficult situation. My um, eldest daughter battled and still is battling to some degree an eating disorder, um, and, you know, you, you asked about TikTok and all social media, you know, there are a lot of, it, it's a lot about appearance and, you know, that's something obviously that, that food is going to lead to, and it's something that, um, she struggled with. And so it, it caused me one to question, you know, is this something that I have caused or, you know, how have I contributed to it? You know, I, I want anybody who's listening to rest assured that the professionals, you know, assured me that, no, it's not your fault. And this is, this is really something more that's more mental, but, um, it was, it was challenging from that perspective. So, you know, it was not my fault, but the, the body image as a whole, um, it, it just creates a whole nother dynamic of how kids are thinking about food or the lack thereof. And so it can lend to a lot of unhealthy behaviors so I do think communication throughout those years is really important. And obviously, you know, having those boundaries with social media to whatever is relevant for your family, but um, having communication across the board is is really important. And I think that starts, you mentioned about the foundation. I think having communication that's based around food starting earlier and then leading on through the years is really important. Yeah, when we were kids, it was the, um, what did they call them? Like the waif models, right? Oh like, my gosh. Yes. What yes. was her name? Kate, uh, Kate Moss. Moss. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and it was all about Victoria's Secret and these, you know, un- then unrealistic models. But now it's a lot of these influencers, they're, they're filters and they're edited. And how unrealistic is that for our kids to see? A hundred percent. I know it's frustrating. And even if you tell them that, they're still seeing it in and out. And I think the difference is, you know, when you and I were growing up, we would go to the, you know, gas station or a grocery store or whatever and pick up a magazine. That was the only time we were really seeing it, but it's in, it's in their face, literally, you know, like whenever they're, they're on their screens. Yeah. And I think kind of some of it just happens organically. My daughter is going to be 12 in a few weeks and she's not on social media. 
She, you know, definitely watches YouTube, but I monitor it. And yet she's constantly commenting about her stomach and she's fat and she's not as thin as me. And, and it's like, where are you hearing this from? Or is it, is it just kind of something that develops in the preteen years as they compare themselves to their peers? You know, I, I'm not a psychologist, so I, you know, I'll just say my personal opinion would be, I think it's in that comparison. I, I really do. Um, and it's, it's tough if we put ourselves in their shoes, you know, how vulnerable are we in the middle school ages? You know, we're already self-conscious and we're changing at that point. And now we're seeing so many different body types, right? And so it seems very normal to just question, why are we different? Yeah, so we're going to take a break. And when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about how parents can kind of navigate these middle school and high school years. If mealtimes are stressful and you just can't get your kids to eat what you make, then you've got to get them in the kitchen. Cooking with my kids has really gone a long way in encouraging them to try new foods and eat their veggies. But most of us aren't chefs, and that's why I love the Kids Cook Real Food e-course. This course was created by a mom of four and a former elementary school teacher, and it's for kids ages two to teen. You'll get more than 30 basic cooking skills, 45 videos, including a ton of bonuses, principal supply and grocery shopping list, and kid-friendly recipes. The course also has a ton of substitutions, so if your kids have food allergies or dietary restrictions, they've got you covered. My daughters and I have taken the course, and it was so easy to follow along that they made an entire recipe on their own. More than 18,000 families have taken this course, and the Wall Street Journal named it the number one cooking class for kids. All you have to do to sign up is go to kidscookrealfood.com slash food issues. And because you're a listener, you'll get a free lesson. Again, go to kidscookrealfood.com slash food issues and sign up. Most of the time, I don't even know why I cook meals because all my kids want are snacks. But finding healthy snacks with real food ingredients that are also affordable isn't always easy. And that's why I love Thrive Market. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market that makes healthy living easy and affordable. Everything is organic and non-GMO, and members save an average of $32 on every order. My kids are all about the Lara bars and the Go Raw cinnamon snacking seeds. Thrive Market also has essential groceries, safe supplements, non-toxic home products like Truce, which is one of my favorite cleaners. And they also have clean beauty products, plus ethical meat, sustainable seafood, clean wine, and more. If you join today, you can get 25% off your first order and a free gift. All you have to do is go to thrivemarket.com slash food issues where you can sign up and see my favorite items. And for every paid membership, they give a free membership to a family in need. So sign up today at thrivemarket.com slash food issues. So Karen, you know, getting back to these influencers, we also see mom influencers who are promoting, you know, quote unquote, clean eating, whatever that is, because there's no real definition of it and organic and this perfectionism really, right? These beautiful 
lunches and um, charcuterie boards and snack boards. And so those are worthy goals, right? We want to feed our kids healthy. But for some of us, it's just not attainable, whether it's because of cost or time or just all the stress that we have to deal with. And so what are some tips for parents looking to feed their kids healthy, but they also want to do it within their means and, and not feel so stressed about it? You know, I think first and foremost, I think we all need to recognize that we're doing the best that we can. You know, there's for us as well. I think social media has created this other monster where it causes us to feel and maybe I'm saying us, maybe not everybody falls into this, but you see sometimes feel inadequate, like you're not doing what everyone else is doing. And there's so just like with the, the images, the body images, there's so much you know, falsities that are behind that. But so recognize that we're doing the best that we can, first of all, and, you know, don't beat yourself up, you know, figure out what are your personal or individual goals and boundaries around these topics. You know, for a while, personally, I, I kind of said to myself, all right, if I know they're getting a healthy dinner that I'm making and I see, you know, what they're eating for breakfast, I'm not going to sweat what's ever, you know, what's going on in between, you know, um, you know, for some, it might be all dinners, um, Maybe you like to pack their lunches so you know, you know, what's going in the, in there, you know, really just kind of figure out what is going to work best for you and know that's probably going to change over time, you know, as they age and, and go through different stages. So, you know, try to establish some firm boundaries, but just as importantly, don't lose sight of like food overall. It shouldn't be food should not be stressful. Right. Um, also, I, I really feel like food is social. So making time to have those family dinners, if they're, you know, if they are interested in some kind of a TikTok trend, if they, you know, if you see that they're interested in like trying out a recipe or something, or they find a healthy food that, you know, they want to try, go for it, you know, pick up on their cues, just like you did when they were younger, because we were so observant and it's sometimes it's easy as they start to age to, to kind of think those things aren't there, but they still are, you know, it just might look a little bit differently. So, um, yeah, it's it's not it's not linear for sure, just like health is not, right? You know, their their food choices are going to change over time, be adaptable. Um, you know, I'm personally a big fan. I think you mentioned organic, like I'm a big fan of the dirty dozen. Um, and if it's attainable, you know, try to get those, you know, if you can. And if not, again, like don't beat yourself up. And then, you know, I, I think there are a lot of good resources that are out there and with regards to like eating a rainbow, things like that. And, you know, maybe focusing on the full week versus just one day and not stressing if they have a, you know, party that they're going to, or they're out with friends and they end up getting something that you wouldn't particularly, you know, be buying for them or something like that. So, you know, really look at the big picture versus stressing out too much about each day. Yeah. So what are some practical tips that you have for parents who have middle school, high school kids for encouraging them to eat healthier? So my first and foremost is definitely lead by example. Um, I, I still feel like just as importantly, just as important as it was when they were younger, they're still watching what we're doing. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, if, if you're concerned about them eating well, then have healthy foods around and, and you know, be putting them on your plates, you know, um, don't buy like an overabundance of processed foods, but I am not, I'm not an advocate of having them entirely out of the house. Make sure there's some kind of balance, um, having some easy to see fruits and vegetables cut up. Um, I think I mentioned to you another time, if I don't, I know, 
I know um, plastic's not the best thing, but if, if I don't put vegetables in like one of those giant Ziploc bags where they can see them, they're not going to find them. I could put them in a Pyrex and they're just not going to go for them. So see what works for them, where they're going to gravitate to, how can they find them very easily so that they can, they can access them. Um, I'm still a fan of varying up your cooking, whether it's roasting, steaming, blanching, um, salads, you know, try different, try different methods of cooking, let them dictate, you know, have them contribute to what you're making. You know, if there's, they're interested in a recipe, they're interested in going to the store with you, anything like that, have them be a part of it. Um, and you know, don't, don't forget your boundaries and remember again, they can change over time. Um, having that communication and just being a, having them be part of the conversation, I think is really helpful. Yeah. And I saw some videos that you've posted. Do you cook a lot with your kids? It waxes and wanes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does. You know, I will say we were great during quarantine. We were great during quarantine for sure. We were in the kitchen a lot. And, you know, right now they gravitate more to baking and anything they can cook on the pan. So, you know, be it like eggs they're making all the time or grilled cheese or, you know, egg and cheese sandwiches. And I'm I do think it's really important in these types of years to really start laying the foundation for cooking because health, in my opinion, does begin in the kitchen. And just like we lay the foundation for healthy eating when they're younger, now is a time for them to be educated on some different ways that they can get themselves in the kitchen when they're out of the house. So however they can get involved is also really helpful. And, you know, another another kind of issue that comes up around, um, well, I mean, throughout the years, but, you know, I have a child who has food allergies and some dietary restrictions. And I think that when they're younger, it's a lot easier. They kind of go with the flow and you're packing a lot of food when you go places so you can control it. But as they get older, that becomes more difficult when they're different places, out with friends, things like that. How can we navigate those years? Yeah. Well, I think it depends on, you know, when are those, when are those being understood that they have these, these allergies and sensitivities, you know, if, if it's earlier, you know, like you said, it's a little bit easier. Um, I think one thing we can do when they're younger is to help them connect the dots to how food makes them feel, you know, so whether it is they're feeling lethargic because, you know, something that they ate was maybe not ideal or they skipped a meal or something like that, or, you know, Perhaps they eat a little more than their bodies had wanted at that moment. And so they're, you know, they're feeling the effects of that. And so really connecting the dots again to how does food make them feel? And I think as they get older, if they can really keep that connection with their body, then it's a little bit easier to navigate. Okay, these things don't make me feel well. This is how they make me feel. And I think it's a little bit easier for them to understand. I I just can't have them, you know, Um even I, th- I think one of the things, gosh, we haven't talked about is all the caffeinated drinks Yeah, that, and that's a big thing for, for middle and high schoolers, you know? Um, and so really understanding again, like how is that caffeine and all of that sugar, how is that making you feel, you know? And if they can really understand that and be in tune with their bodies, then hopefully at least we can say as moms that, you know, they're going to, they're going to turn in the other direction for it. Well, Karen, this was so much fun chatting with you today. Where can listeners go to learn more about you and your work? Yeah. Thank you again for having me. Um, yeah, my website is easyrealfood.com. And then I'm on Instagram. It's just at easyrealfood. And I mentioned um, the eBooks. I do have a series of four different uh, lunch, healthy lunch eBooks. And 
they go up to teens um, and adults even as well. So it's six, each of them are six weeks of recipes, the the meal plans, visuals, um, shopping lists and everything. It's a, a very easy streamlined system of packing healthy lunches and you know the kids can really do it themselves if they're interested yeah absolutely we'll link to them in the show notes thank you so much for your time karen thank you julie i hope you enjoyed that interview with karen and definitely head on over to easyrealfood.com which i've linked to in the show notes to learn more thank you so much for tuning into the food issues podcast you can connect with me on julierevelant.com where you can leave me a voicemail or send me a message and let me know about a new topic or guest you'd like to hear from. And be sure to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I'll see you next week.